all these motivational things I had never heard. And so I went from just regular guy to guy who's pretty fanatical about excellence and self-improvement. You're listening to Bridge the Gap Season 5, a podcast dedicated to informing, educating, and influencing the future of housing and services for seniors. This season is powered by sponsors AccuShield, Inquire, One Day, LTC REIT, It's Never Too Late, Meridian Capital, Salinity, and the Bridge Group Construction. Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast, the Senior Living Podcast with Josh and Lucas. We're in Houston doing some thought leadership discussions here, and we've got a great guy. We want to welcome David Clement. He's with Retire, RCM out of Houston. There we go. I can get it out. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great uh, pre-discussion. You've been at this a little while. You've seen a few things, and we want to pick your brain about that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um yeah, uh, talk to us about uh, your background. Introduce our audience to how you got into senior housing. Okay, so uh, after college, I got married right after college. Went to work for a CPA firm. Worked there about six years. Went to work for a software company, uh, and I loved my job. We were located on the water. Had a great, uh, great, great office. Great people I worked with. Um, we expanded internationally, and so. We opened offices in Europe and life couldn't be better at the travel quarter. And I said, how lucky am I? And then the company gets sold to a public company, which didn't need a CFO. So I was in, this is the dinosaur age where there was no internet yet. And so uh, back in 95, I uh, looked in the paper and I lived in a small town called Friendswood. And I looked and someone was hiring and it didn't say what position it was said CFO, but it didn't say what for. I'm like, who hires in Friendswood? There's nothing here but the school district and the city. So I go, and then after a long story short, uh, I got hired, and it was a senior housing company. And so uh, a gentleman had built one, and it was very, very successful, and decided he wanted to build some more. So he uh, talked to some money people, and they said, he was like, let's go build one, and they said, why don't you build a company? And that's when I got hired. And so um, I started, and there was one property that had been built in 1986, an independent living one in Went to work there and we officed out of there. And so you were there every day to learn. I knew nothing about senior housing. And so you sat there and you watched and observed. I went to every marketing meeting, every dietary meeting. And then we had uh, just purchased land and we started building. So we built 11. And uh, you learn a lot. You know, when you're a startup, either you make it or you don't make it. Uh, try being the CFO of a company that bounces payroll twice. I mean, that's how tough times were. We, we had four under construction at any one time. And they weren't leasing up like they're supposed to. And it's all hands on deck. It's shuffling money. You know, there's no, there was no such thing as treasury management then online. So it's all, you know, hey, uh, we got to don't hand up payroll to 4 p.m. on Friday. I mean, that's literally, you know, that's how you learn. And then literally, you you learn what you, what it takes to make it. And so, uh, any of these successful people out there, they'll tell you you got to endure. That's all part of it. And so it just kind of helps you now when you have, say, the pandemic comes along and you're like, well, it's just another thing. You know, it's just it's something you wade through. You're going to make it to the end, learn what you can. And so uh, that's kind of how I end up where I'm at today. So it's just it's been a great ride. Well, let's talk a little bit about that because you went over a lot of history in a short amount of time. And um, your your company is obviously like a lot of us going through some difficult times uh, right now in our industry. We are coming out of a pandemic. We've got some labor challenges. 
Uh, there's been occupancy challenges. There's been all those kind of things. So when you're talking to your teams, uh, which I understand now you're talking a lot more, you were telling us in, in the, um, the uh, pre-interview that you're actually getting uh, some opportunities to speak when you used to do that all the time. But when you're giving the message to people and your teams and leading people, kind of what, what are you encouraging them through these difficult times right now? Uh, a lot of it is about personal growth. You know, uh, a big believer in personal growth and, and uh, remaining positive and just encouraging people to endure. I mean, that, you know, our team's got a lot of experience. And so we've all kind of been through a lot of different ups and downs and cycles in this industry. Uh, you know, talking to our groups, really, you know, it's kind of funny. We just had uh, all of our executive directors in for budget meetings. We have 35 communities under management. And, uh, you know, literally, I tried to empathize with myself. I know it's tough. You know, I've been there. You know, I told them the, the, the funny story about bouncing paper, which is not funny at the time. But I told them I know what it's like to have tough times. And, you know, and I'm still here today. You know, you can make it, you know. And then you kind of tell them, you know, we appreciate everything you've done for us. You know, I, I mean, I know it's hard and you stuck with us. And, you know, there'll be reward at the end, you know. And some of you believe that the, the righteous win in the end. That's kind of how I kind of always kind of end that. So just do the right thing. Continue pressing on and just try to encourage them. And people respond to that. They, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like, wow, they, they're listening to me, you know, or whatever the case is. So it's kind of what I, what I try to tell people. That's awesome. So as we're talking through personal growth and growth in our industry, there's a lot of changes happening right now, even with uh, the demographic that's starting to change, that we're starting to begin to see the transitions between that greatest generation moving into the boomer generation. When you look at your company's outlook, how are you guys positioning from labor force and from just operationally to kind of be ready to change as the industry is changing? Well, that's a great question. And you're right. I started, you were serving the greatest generation and, uh, you know, read the book. And we actually developed training on the greatest generation to, to teach the staff. You may not realize this, but this is the people that started Little League and they, they did, did this and they did that. And they're just great people. And they never asked to be thanked for all these things and tried to give them a sense of who they're serving. And you're right. Now you kind of come out of that group towards the baby boomers. And so knowing they have different expectations, you know, we're developing still. So we talk a lot to our teams and, you know, it's funny, it, I'm a certain age, and most everybody on the team is about my age, but we all think we're young, you know, so we're not ready for this. But we try to think what we would like in 10 or 20 years. And, you know, when we built way back when, there was no such thing as Wi-Fi. You know, there's just so many things now, you know, we're doing a job now, and, and uh, the cable company wants to do a long-term contract. I go, who says they're going to be watching cable in five years? There, there's something else that may be out there that no one's doing. And so you just, you know... I've been in this long time, so you don't want to get stuck in a rut. And you know, this is the way we've always done it. You know, you can't be like that. You got to, and what you do too is there's so much information like these podcasts. There's so many things out there now that get your hands on that can spark you to go, oh, wow, I never thought about this. This is cool. And so I would like to read all the industry information that's out there and try to be creative. And now it's interesting about the workforce. You know, we're all, we're all facing that challenge. It's, and it's tough, you know, especially when you're the financial guy. You know, well, you know, we're just going to have to raise everybody up to $15 an hour. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, it's not how it works, but maybe it is how it works. So we're really having to work through all those things. And how do you pass it on to the resident? And, and you have competition, that, you know, some some locations, you can't just raise the rates. And so it's challenging times. And uh, But I think it's fun. But, but you know, um, 
my mom lived at a location for seven years and she passed away last April, but you kind of get a feel you're there a lot, what they like, what they don't like. And, and so you learn a lot from the residents too. And so, I don't know, it's just, it, it's always evolving and it's never boring. And I'm, I'm, I, I can see me doing this for a long, I mean, I, I, I'm older, but I don't think I'm young. So <laughs> I don't see me retiring anytime soon. So I think it's fun doing this and figuring these things out. That's awesome. So what do you see as, um, for you guys, as you have your current footprint of communities and, and your product type, independent assisted memory care, uh, what is the what is the avenue that you're going in that you're looking like? This is where senior housing is going. Do you see it being the same kind of traditional services and products, or do you see it being a a, a lot of different things coming out, or your focus is going in different areas as you look to develop? Well. Um... We have a focus in one area. So when I started, we did independent living only. And in a perfect world, that's all you would do. <laughs> it's a lot easier. Um, and so we could sell against people who did healthcare. We're like, well, you know, um, you know, that's, you don't want to be that, you know, this is what we do. And, and this is independent active. And that's a nurse known. So you know how to sell against these different things. But really when we sold the company in 2011, what we have focused on going forward is, uh, kind of uh, a luxury product or it's an urban infill or you have all three levels of care. And that's what I think people want the one residence for the rest of their life, you know, deliver all those services in one building we think is the optimal way to go. Um, you know, we're building right now in North Carolina. And so we're looking at you know, creating a home health company to help there. And, um, but that's kind of our footprint, what we like doing, what we've had success with, and we enjoy doing that. And it's, and it's worked for us and our investors will like it. So, Right now, that's what our focus is. Hey, Senior Living Influencer, we have an event for you. So many of you have heard about our VIP Ignite experience, and it is time for you to request your invite. It's going to be in Nashville, August 28th through the 30th, and you are not going to want to miss this event. Join us for Dream Again. Check out VIPIgniteExperience.com to request your invitation. We hope to see you there. So talk to us, uh, switch gears here a little bit. You touched on it just uh, in the beginning um, about personal growth. And um, you, you, our listeners didn't get to hear uh, the story that you were sharing with us of your first mentor and the cassette tape. And we started aging ourselves a little bit, talking about the cassette <laughs> tape on uh, how to negotiate. But how is personal growth for you on a daily basis for some of our young leaders out there that are just getting into senior housing or some tips that you could give to them? So that is a great question, um, and I've said this multiple times. Had someone spoke life into me like he did when I was 18, no telling where I'd be today. And so try to raise my kids that way, right? But he said, you, what do you do to get better every day? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I've never worked for anybody that said something like that. Well, he said, go read a book on success. Someone bought a John Maxwell book, The Journey of Success, and, and it literally blew my mind. I was like, wow. This is revelatory. You know, he, he had all these stories about Abraham Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln had lost seven elections, but he never gave up. And he went down as the, one of the greatest presidents. I mean, just all these motivational things I had never heard and what it did. And, and we really focused on excellence. And so I went from just regular guy to guy who's pretty fanatical about excellence and self-improvement. And so what I would tell young people, it affected me, it affected my wife and it affected my kids. And so my kids were raised, you know, they'd say we would do things. I go, well, we're raising the future leaders of America. 
That's what I'm doing. I mean, because they're talking, your kid's doing this. I'm like, no, my kids are doing this, and this is why. That's what I expect out of them. And it's kind of funny, if you're a father or a new father, the kids do what you expect them to do. I expected my kids to behave, and they pretty much did. Now, my son got a little crazy at the end, but, <laughs> but as a young person, all I could say is begin today reading. You know, listen, I, this is kind of funny. Listen to some Tony Robbins. The guy's super motivational. I listened to him 20-something years ago, and he got me fired up. But once you start down that pathway of daily reading, daily improving, uh, it, it literally, you know, it, it changes your life where we used to use the term internalize. So once you read it enough, you begin to internalize these things and become a part of who you are. And, uh, you know, you can read these great stories and you remember, I mean, it's funny because I'm the story guy, you know, it's kind of like, uh, well, we're talking to the discussion, you got a story? Yeah, I got a story. <laughs> and, but it's because I have read so much and, and you begin to think like they think. Read what successful people do. So just a couple of years ago, I said, what is Bill Gates reading? <laughs> so he said, I read a book that, that changed my life this year. It's called uh, Why We Sleep. Okay. I downloaded the book, blew my mind. That convinced me I got to start sleeping and things like that. But, <laughs> but there's so many things out there that you may not be aware of um, that can help you and move you forward. And so, so if I was young, you know, I, I have kids in their 20s. And, uh, and I tell them, my, so my son, I go, what are you reading? He doesn't say it, but what he reads is Twitter. You know, he doesn't read a book. Uh, but if I was if I was a young professional, start reading books on success and personal growth and excellence and things that what you need to do is read things that's going to not just technical because people say, oh, you realize technical? I don't, I don't read accounting stuff. That's boring. I read things that's going to help me with my family, with my job. Uh, I used to run a youth organization. Uh, you know, uh, truth is truth, and a skill is a skill. You can use it anywhere. So I would encourage people to read books on success and things like that. Love that. So my last question before I know we have to wrap up the conversation and get you back to your busy schedule of meetings, but what is the number one thing you're most passionate about right now? Hmm. You should have prepped me. Yeah, put <laughs> you on the spot right there. <laughs> most passionate. Well, the Astros play tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the answer you're looking yeah. for. I have a passion to be the best. Now, I may not be the best, but literally when I interview people, it's kind of funny. I have to laugh when I interview people. I literally will say, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to laugh when I'm saying it now. I go, I'm looking for a winner. I, you know, I'm going to win. You know, and if, if you don't think you have got what it takes to be a winner, you know, then, you know, you probably can't work here because we're going to be. I, I say a lot, you know, this is my career. I don't want to do halfway anything. I'm all in or I'm all out. So I'm all in. So I'm. I'm kind of fanatic about it. You can ask anybody who works directly for me. I tell them that, you know, and, and the thing is, what's interesting is America loves a winner. Everybody wants to be part of the best. Everybody can buy into that. You know, and I heard uh, Horace Schultz speak years ago, one of the founders of Ritz Carlton. And he said, Hey, I hire the same people you do. I hire housekeepers, dishwashers. I don't pay me any different. What we do is we ask them to be part of the best team. We are the best and everybody knows. It. And he goes, it just draws people in. Hmm. Yeah, I'll work for 10 bucks an hour if I'm be part of the best. So that's what I'm, I'm passionate about it right now. You know, I just, uh, I want to be the best. I don't, I don't have, I mean, I'm a nice guy. You know, I'm probably too nice, but I don't have tolerance for people who don't want to be the best. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we're not here to halfway do anything. So my poor kids grew up like that, and that's how they were raised. And But it's funny, is it's these skills you can learn now if you're a young professional listening and you're not married and you don't have kids yet. These are all skills you can pass on to your kids someday and make their life better. I mean, my kids will have a better, we, we say this a lot, 
uh, in, I'm grateful to the mentor that I had, because he doesn't know it, but he had a massive effect on my kid's life for what he did with me. And so uh, a young person, what I do is I go find a mentor, find someone that's successful. And, and what's interesting, the last thing, you know, I know we're running long, but um, successful, in Horace Schultz will tell you the same thing, successful people love to tell you how they did it. They just, they want to share their success. And so, because someone asked, you know, I did a, did a talk and someone says, how do we find someone to be a mentor? You know, how do we, I said, if you find a successful one, they would love to help you. Just ask them, would you mind mentoring me? Would you help me? And people love to share. So uh, that would be one of my last words of advice. I, I love it. So yeah. 25 years in the industry, tons of great experience, just uh, touching the surface of that in this interview. I know our audience will love to connect with you and pick your brain and be able to learn. Thank you for the striving to be the best and the personal growth. I know our listeners can be motivated by that wherever they are. Yeah, no doubt. I know I learned a lot from this conversation. I feel motivated myself <laughs> and we're here in Houston. We've got a lot to accomplish. And so let's go out and win. Thanks to all of our listeners that are out there. You can go to btgvoice.com and connect with us there. We'll put David's information in the show notes. You can connect with him on LinkedIn and check them out. And thanks for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and Lucas. Connect with the BTG Network team and use your voice to influence the industry by connecting with us at btgvoice.com.